Hey, you ready? Hey, grab that right there. <laughs> Are you ready? Hey. Is you ready? Ready? You say you ready? Oh. Whole squad ready? Ready? Is you ready? Huh? Are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? Whole squad hey. ready? We came here to see Jeff. What you got? Hi everyone. Uh, long time no talk. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Quackback Block Show. Uh, quarantine edition. Quarantine edition. Yeah. Tom, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Um, staving off cabin fever so far. Um, wife's been working from home for the last week and a half. Haven't killed each other yet, but I mean, it is still early in this process. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you don't hear from me soon, then you know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, staying, staying safe, staying healthy, staying inside. Um, how about you? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, I'm off for I'm off for next week and a half. You uh filling your day with anything fun and exciting? No. I live a boring life. <laughs> um, yeah, I play I play a lot of video games, but that's it. <laughs> And watch uh watch Tiger King, but that's um that's another episode for a whole another day. <laughs> yeah, that show is is one of the wildest I've ever seen. I'll say. Yeah, definitely, definitely an episode in itself. Yeah. Let's just say Hulu and Netflix have been have been very clutch for me during this time off. For me as well. Yeah. Catching up on a lot of a lot of old shows, a lot of movies where I say, "Oh, well, I don't think I'll have the time to watch this," or "Oh, I'll wait till that comes back to television." <laughs> I now have the time to do it. Great. Yeah. Okay, so there's not a lot going on in the in the world of ducks football or any sports really, thanks to the shutdown, the NCAA mandated shutdown. So. Yeah. Fortunately, they got a little bit of spring practice in for football, so not much. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate what happened, but you know we just gotta deal with it as best we can. So it looks like Tyler Shuck is a favorite to win the quarterback job. That's what I've been saying too. I have either him, yeah, yeah. I have either him or Butterfield taking taking the reins this year, um, yeah. with Shuck having an advantage, being a, in the, a year in the system already. Um, I see Butterfield as having a higher ceiling, but Shuck having uh, being better fit for what Cristobal's trying to do. Yeah. Uh... Also, we have a new offensive coordinator, so that plays a factor into things. So we don't know what his system's going to be like, but we have an idea. But we don't know what it's going to be like until we actually see it on the field. But uh, uh, who knows? Football season may be postponed at this rate. Yeah, there's been a lot of interesting conjecture about um, what, what the season's going to look like. Um, the latest I've heard is. The worst case scenario is that the entire season's canceled. Everybody gets another year of eligibility, and they go back to the drawing board as far as what recruiting looks like. But mm-hmm. the the most likely scenario is that they will cancel all of the non-conference games and have the season start in the middle of October. Um, so Oregon can't lose to Ohio State. So Oregon <laughs> wouldn't lose to Ohio State, and the Oregon wouldn't struggle against North Dakota State, and Oregon wouldn't have trouble holding on with the fun and gun of Hawaii, and we just have to plow through the Pac-12. Um, yeah. Either way, I think that 
especially if we don't play Ohio State, that our path to the college football championship looks pretty clear. Um, yeah. I'd see us getting in as like a fourth seed. But, yeah, I think we'd have a really good shot of making it. Of course, resting on the laurels of our offensive line and our defense. Well, it's going to be something to keep a watch on as far as what the season ends up looking like. Have you heard anything different, Joseph? Uh, not really. It's just I think it's too far out to make a determination. Plus, the NFL is up in arms about having the draft start on time instead of postponing it like everyone else has. So, and, Well, uh, I mean, they're yeah. planning on doing it virtually anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes sense to me. If they were still planning on holding a big festival and inviting a bunch of guys in and doing it, uh, putting on the whole theatrics, I'd, that'd be one thing. But just doing a doing a virtual draft where you're not actually bringing anybody together. That still makes sense to me. Warren, what do you feel about it? Yeah. Yeah, the draft is going to be interesting how they do it virtually. I tweeted out, I tweeted out something funny the other day where uh, it, the draft is going to be on Zoom and some poor GM is going to get caught with his pants down going to the bathroom for <laughs> <laughs> millions of people. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the draft plays out. Are they going to have cameras installed in all the all the GM's uh dining rooms or what's going to go on? Uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. And of course it helps to have a ton of ducks draft eligible, but you know, that's <laughs> Yeah. So, tell us about this, Joseph. You're our our draft expert. Yeah, uh, Justin Herbert, obviously. He's projected to be a top five pick. Maybe higher, but uh, we'll see. I don't think he drops out of the top ten, if you're, if that's what anybody's asking. So there's a remote, remote possibility that he drops out of the top ten, but I don't see it happening. But we, we shall see. No, I have him in, in my mock drafts going as low as 18. Yeah. Because Jordan Love's been getting a lot of um, love. Pun, not intentional, but recognized. Ahead of Justin Herbert, pushing him down quite a bit, actually, because of all the less quarterback needy teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh... If you guys read my QB big board, I have Justin Herbert number two behind uh, Joe Burrow, obviously, and ahead of Tua. Overall or just for quarterbacks? Uh, just for quarterbacks. And I have um, I have Love fourth, and everyone's favorite Washington quarterback ever, Jacob Eason, fifth. Jalen Hurts, six, and uh, Jake Fromm from Georgia, seventh. Jake Fromm, Georgia. And another surprising pick of mine that came in at eighth was FIU's James Morgan. He had a really good shine game week from what I've heard. His name's been coming up a little bit more and more on my board yeah. as well. Yeah, he's he's a bit on the slower side athletically, so I'm not sure how he fits in the modern game where you have to move around at least a little bit in the pocket, at least. So also, his name's been mostly connected with New England as far as I'm yeah. seeing. Which if he's just gonna be another Tom Brady who was not athletic, and that fits perfectly. Yeah. And number nine, I have another Pac-12 quarterback, Anthony Gordon from Washington State. The 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 biggest thing I like about Gordon is his quick release, so he's not going to get sacked a ton. Even though he's not the most athletic guy, 
but I do not like his face. I really hate it. I really hate it. Because he has poor footwork. And lastly, number 10 is I have Mason Fine from North Texas. Oh. Yeah. Which is a shocker. I think that was a shocking pick of my article. Yeah, so it's a uh, a lot of people, based on what I've read in the comments, was a lot of people are all our draft friends. They're shocked at my base and fine pick. I think and they had him rated lower than I did, so it was a bit of a shock there. Why did you pick him so high? Because I find his game really intriguing. He's he's a little bit. He's a little bit shorter than everybody wants. He's only a projected 5'11", 190, so he's not the tallest guy in the world. So, yeah, he's a, he has experience in the air raid, so that, that's another thing for him as more and more NFL teams adopt the air raid concepts that we see in college. All right, all right, I see it. Yeah. But it was really the tenth the tenth spot was really close though. In fact, I had I had a tie for eleventh between Utah's Tyler Huntley and Oregon State's Jake Luton, believe it or not. Yeah, I really like Luton. I thought that he his game last year really improved and excelled and if he would have had uh, any sort of defense yeah. and any sort of protection, he probably would have done a lot better this year. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's a shame that he didn't get another year at Oregon State because it, Jonathan Smith has something good, good going there. Yeah, I liked his, yeah. Uh, his recruiting class. Yeah, and uh, or Oregon State, it's an amazing recruiting class. Yeah, it's everything has to be seen through a, it, it, Oregon State standards, I guess. So they're not, you know, they're not going to beat, they're not going to be world beaters, but you know, bowl eligibility is a good standard for them. Yeah, I think that um, yeah. last year they went from laughable to just bad. I think this year they'll go from bad to acceptable mediocre yeah. they're stepping up and i'm excited to see a civil war that'll mean something someday to both teams not just one or the other someday <laughs> but we digress horribly yeah oregon state has a couple of good receivers Named Isaiah, namely Isaiah Hodgins, he he's rising up the boards in the draft. So, and also Oregon State has a couple of good weapons next year, um, namely their running back Jamar Jefferson, who who's pretty good. Yeah, but uh, that's neither here or there, but this is an Oregon State podcast, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Herbert, uh, there are some reports that Herbert is ranked over Tua by some teams, but I don't believe it. Well, you did it. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's just... Uh, I, uh, my basis was that Herbert was a more health healthy of the two, so that that's what I based it on. Because the best ability is availability, and Tua has has proven to be not that. So I certainly like Tua as a prospect more than Herbert. It it's not even it's not even close.
Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to make any more Oregon fans hate me anymore. So <laughs> let's move. <laughs> yeah, there are. We have a couple of offensive linemen that should get drafted really high. Hopefully, Shane Lemieux. I think he's one of the best guards in the country. And Calvin Throckmorton, he got exposed really badly in the Senior Bowl. And uh, let's say uh, he's not a tackle at the next level. His arms are too short. So he's going to be a guard, I think. And, uh, yeah. So based on the combine, I don't think, I don't think Coach Fell did. Uh, <laughs> I think Coach Fell skipped leg day. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of filling the sleeves, he should have did uh he should have did leg day more because uh Oregon's offensive line they were painfully slow and they didn't look good during the drill drills at the combine. So and the combine's pretty much the biggest job interview for any prospect. So I don't know. We'll see how we'll see how the ducks end up in the draft after Herbert. Well what about Troy Dye? Troy Dye, he didn't participate because he was injured. So, right, but he's still draft double. He's the next, uh, the next highest ranked duck behind Herbert. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's pretty good as an inside linebacker, but I think he could uh, go out to outside linebacker due to his size and speed. Because uh, the inside linebacker position, he's I think he's a little too small for it. Yeah, I've seen him uh, ranked as both an inside linebacker and an outside linebacker. They like him at inside because of his football knowledge and his leadership ability. Um, but I agree with you that he's definitely more of a uh, of a true uh, like a three four outside. Maybe he might be able to do a good three four inside. Yeah. Um, if I could see him in a, a, a three four outside or a four three outside. Um, I don't really see him put him putting his hand on the ground very much just because of how fast he is and how good he is in coverage. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, I could see him as a as a good uh second day value pick for some team. Yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll have to see how the draft plays out. Because I don't think uh, I think I have Troy Dye with a fourth round grade at best due to his medical history and his body type. All right. I have him as, as high as three, but very rarely. Yeah, it's uh I don't the rest of the ducks that are draft eligible, um I think they'll be all be date day three picks at best or priority free agents um yeah the only other player that i really have drafted is juan johnson and he's about a five if i yeah. already guess because he's got size speed and hands um but with this year's wide receiver draft class being what it is um is probably undervalued because the market's so thick um yeah it's just the receiver class is at least at least 40 deep <laughs> that's draftable yeah so uh when my receiver big board comes out you get y'all will be surprised i think about the number of receivers and all that beyond the top five or so um I also have Jacob Breland going as a as like a, a five six, maybe sliding to the seventh round tight end. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, the way that um, the tight end class is shaping out to be, there there's not many tight end ones out there in this class. No, not really. I mean, a bunch of uh, a bunch of tight end twos and two two tight end sets you can use, but not. Not that alpha dog tight end one type. Yeah, I think the only tight end one that I have is Cole Kmet from Notre Dame. Um, yeah. But after that, there's yeah, there's a there's a good solid 
Yeah. Uh, four, five, six, seven tight ends that are a good, a solid tight end too. Um, but yeah, you're right. I don't think the tight end class is very strong this year, which is ironic because I feel like tight end is uh, is kind of a big team need this year for a lot of teams in the NFL. Um, yeah, and uh, there's no uh, for the for the regular fan. There, in simple terms, there's no uh, there's no George Kills or Travis Kelsey's in this draft. I'll say. A bunch of Austin Hoopers. <laughs> who re- who got really who got paid really big bucks to be a Cleveland Brown, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, so I think Breland will get drafted maybe in the seventh round, maybe because his injury, unfortunately. Because he was on track to be as heavily targeted as Dylan Mitchell was last year, so because Herbert just loves locking onto one guy and just going with it. <laughs> uh, on the bright side, he was forced to target other guys, so spread the ball around. So at least that's a one side benefit. Yep. Uh, so let's see. Uh, so the receivers, Oregon receivers, this spring. I think. Uh, I think. I think they are pretty set in stone. I think, as terms as in terms of the starters, Devin Williams, Johnny Johnson the third, and Jalen Red and Micah Pittman. Those are the four top guys and some order that will see the field the most. Uh, We send our thoughts and prayers to the Pittman family who recently lost uh, Michael Pittman's, well, Micah and Michael's uh, great, is it grand uncle or great uncle? I don't remember. But uh, they lost they his grand uncle or great uncle passed away due to the corona the covid-19 so we send our prayers out to the family and uh so their great uncle was their father's uh, uncle so he was only 61 years old and uh i hope i hope they are cons- I hope they are doing well as well as well as they can under the circumstances. It particularly is a rough time for Michael Pittman because he's a highly thought of receiver prospect. So, and he has to deal with deal with the unfortunate passing of his great uncle and and uh, and doing the draft process virtually so it's gonna be i feel i feel really bad for him so how do you think the tight end death chart will play out let me see here i think uh spence i think spencer webb is going to be the number one move tight end or or really like to call it the slot tight end and cam cam mccormick if healthy He's going to be number two behind him. And uh, Campmore, Hunter Campmore is going to be the top inline tight end, the blocking tight end. And so. And we'll see. We'll see how uh, Herbert 2.0 works out for us, if at all. Hopefully he does. But Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I would, I would, don't have any argument with that. And also, um, a surprise addition to the tight end group is DJ Johnson, who moved over from the defensive end group 
So we'll see how he does. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the offense line is pretty much set outside of right guard. That I think that's gonna be the biggest battle of the of the five spots. So who do you see as the uh the five? I have I have a. Uh, I have Pina Sewell as the left tackle, left guard. I have I have uh, Alex Forsyth or Sam Patezi. At center, I have Ryan Walk. At right guard, I have uh, I have a uh, what's his name, Mal or Salah. In that right tackle, I have Stephen Jones, the big, the biggest dude on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, Jonah Toanu is going to push Sewell and uh, Jones at right, uh, both tackle spots. I think. And mo most of the freshman offensive line is going to richer. All right, so then tell me about the defensive line. Let's see here. The defensive line, we all know one guy that's going to be set in stone, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who should be going pro after the 2022 season. Yeah, I have him actually as my number one overall pick, 2022. Yeah, so... I don't think, he, he, I don't think uh, he's going to be... I don't think he's going to be here in Eugene for four years, I don't think, if all things work out. <laughs> uh, defensive tackle. Fortunately, de uh, defense tackle is one of the more experienced positions on the defensive line. There's a lot of rotation last year, so. Yeah, that one was tricky for me to pick, too. What do you, yeah. Who do you have? As a starter, I have Austin Fayou. All right. I actually have Jordan Scott as my starter. Yeah, I have Jordan Scott as a nose tackle. Okay. And for the stud position, I have um, Masefuna as a starter. And for Sam, I have Sam, which is an outside linebacker position. For those of you who aren't in, versed in a football talk, <laughs> uh, I have Andrew Johnson, who's a redshirt sophomore hmm. as a starter, and Adrian Jackson as a backup, also a redshirt sophomore, if healthy, which, according to all the reports, he is healthy, thankfully. All right, so go back. Um... So you said Sam is the outside linebacker. Yeah. Uh, strong side outside linebacker. Well, can you explain what the stud position is? The stud is kind of like a, a stand-up defensive end, kind of like what you see in the NFL today as an edge, edge okay. rusher. All right. I can play both, stand-up and hand of the dirt. All right. And inside linebacker, where thankfully Isaac Slade Matatia is Matatia Tia is back. He showed out really well last season, thankfully. I think he's a starter there. All right. One of the starters there, and Benmon Eford is a. Another potential starter there, and uh, Samson News back in a backup role. Yeah, it was actually tricky for me to pick between Samson New and uh, ISM for the yeah. starting middle linebacker. Um, yeah. uh, based on last year, New was uh, was better as a backup. He so he wasn't he wasn't exposed as much in the past game. All right. And for the hybrid, which I call Will or weak side linebacker, I have New as a starter, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. That's where you have him. 
and uh, outside linebacker, we have a recent convert there to uh, Andrew Falug from Werder there this off season. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. You got the Falug brothers. Yeah, that was interesting. Where Falug was originally listed as a defensive end, defensive tackle type, I guess he lost a lot of weight to move to linebacker. Yeah, I actually had uh, Andrew Falug as the um, the the backup stud. Yeah. Uh, behind Mace Funa. Yeah. And uh, yeah, of course we have the two freshman sensations, Noah Sewell and uh, Justin Flo. Mm-hmm. You get some playing time as well. But I, th- I think they, I think they play enough games where they don't redshirt. It. I think they play, don't play the whole season. Because linebacker is a whole other animal compared to in college and compared to high school. <laughs> okay, as for the secondary, we I think we all know who's coming back, so we don't we don't have to talk about that much. Uh, everyone's coming back. Yeah, everyone's coming back for another year at least. Uh, yeah, the big nickel, aka the third corner or the safety corner hybrid. I think Chip. Kevon Holland has a spot locked down for at least until next year when mm-hmm. he declares for a draft. As for safety, Brady Breeze and Nick Pickett are expected to start there, but we'll see. I actually have Pickett and McKinley starting at safety for my depth chart. Yeah, Breeze is. Uh, we'll see if he can continue his good form from late last season. We'll see. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how the battles play out, particularly along the offensive line and the sec the not the secondary but the defensive line behind the rotation pieces wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We didn't get ex- we didn't get an extended look at spring practice. So whenever football does come back, whenever it does, so that's gonna be really really interesting to watch. I think if they have fall camp or not or anything of that sort. Is there there are some talk? Some idiot analysts on ESPN was talking about playing football in the summer and that's not good in the south <laughs> if you if you lived in the south you, you know what i'm talking about <laughs> for those that don't live in the south let me explain it to you it's uh it's um it's constantly 90 to 100 degrees every day during the summer with 100 percent humidity and some teams wear black colored jerseys, and that's not good, I don't think. During a 3.30 game in the afternoon? No, no. You're asking for trouble. Yeah, it's uh, no, with 100,000-some-odd people packing a stadium. It gets pretty swampy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, particularly in the southeast. So it's going to be even without fans. The regular, regularly, the field temperature is in the hundred, hundred, ten, hundred twenties. So, yeah, you're going to need an ocean's worth of Gatorade <laughs> to hydrate everybody. <laughs> I think. So yeah, that, that was one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard from ESPN. But that's saying a lot of ESPN. So. Yeah, so I think that's all of Oregon football we can talk about uh, to, for this week. Until yeah, unfortunately. Hopefully it comes back soon. Hopefully. Because yeah, I'm pretty sure 
I'm pretty sure everyone's going stir crazy right now without any sports, really. But, you know, NFL free agency carried on like nobody, like nothing ever happened. There's a lot of, lot of movement, a lot of movement. <laughs> uh, you would probably need a good three months or so to figure out where everybody went. Yeah, it's been kind of tricky just keeping a, keeping a finger on, on everything. Yeah, particularly along the quarterback market. It seems like everyone, everyone moved places. It does seem that way. There was a lot of a lot of big name quarterbacks that yeah. need to find new homes. Yeah, Tom Brady for one went to Tampa Bay. TBTB. Yeah. And uh, Drew Brees stayed and stayed in New Orleans. Another possible Herbert landing spot. If you read my article on Dicted Quack, please give me a follow. And uh, yeah, and. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, the former backup in New Orleans, went to Carolina, which unfortunately kicked out Cam Newton to free agency. He's yeah. still on as a press time. I was uh, yeah. I was looking at that, and apparently this is the most number one overall picks on the free agent market today. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's um. And Jameis Winston is also on the market. And Jadavian Clowney. Yep. I think uh, I think in Clowney's case, the uh, the issue is that he can't get a physical anywhere because all hospitals are basically taking care of the coronavirus patients before doing anything else. So, and the NFL is shut down, so they can't do their they can't have physicals at their team facilities, so we're going to be waiting a while, I think. And uh, the Jaguars somehow miraculously traded Nick Foles to the Bears to compete with a younger Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, who might be the who might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. But there are some doozies. <laughs> also on the on the ducks front, a lot of a couple of ducks got got the bag, so to say. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Arik Armstead got a huge bag from uh, San Francisco. He signed a five-year, eighty-five million dollar extension. Earned it. Yeah. They might get him a. They might get him a one room condo in San Francisco, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So he he might be able to afford to take out his teammates to dinner every once in a while. So that that often that defensive line for San Francisco is still terrifying. Even though they, they traded to, away. Yeah, D. Forrest Buckner. Mm -hmm. uh, they still have Nick Bosa and D. Ford and Armstead still manning the line. So I think they're going to be okay. What's your uh, take on Solomon Thomas? Um, he's just a guy. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, speaking of DeForest Buckner, he got traded to the Indianapolis Colts for the 13th overall pick. So the Colts can't draft a quarterback, can't <laughs> draft a Justin Herbert, I don't think, unless they give up future assets. I don't think they'll be able to do that because uh, their GM, Chris Ballard, he's one of the best GMs in the NFL. Because if you look at the Colts team, they're really good. They have a lot of good young pieces. And DeForest Buckner got traded to the Colts and signed a really big deal. He signed a five-year deal worth $105 million. Another bag uh, to be had. Yeah. 
for those of you who aren't math inclined like me, that's a that's $21 million per year. And that's the second highest behind uh, Aaron Donald, who is the best defensive tackle in the NFL. Probably the best player in the NFL if we're if we're uh, if we're considering all things like that. <laughs> He's on a Hall of Fame track, by the way, Aaron Donald. So yeah, so so the Colts got another good guy on that defensive line to to uh, terrorize uh, opposing offenses in that division where the most god-awful GM uh, resides in Houston. If you guys are living under a rock, uh, Bill O'Brien traded one of the best receivers in the NFL today, DeAndre Hopkins, to the Cardinals for a broken-down running back and a pick swap. So, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is basically a top three receiver. And he didn't get a first-round pick out of it. And Bill O'Brien traded Jadavian Connie for uh, last season, with uh, not for a first-round pick. So he's not doing good. He's not, not good, Bob. Not good. Not good, Bob. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I expect Deshaun Watson to hold out when their risk contract is up. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Free agency is still wild. I think a lot more, a lot more pieces to play out. On the Oregon front, they're looking for a receivers coach after Javon Boonight took a position with the Kentucky staff. If you guys read my article, a uh, hot board article from a couple of weeks ago, there's a couple of several names on it, namely uh, Kirby Moore from Fresno State, uh, Kellen's younger brother. Hmm. Because uh, Coach Cristobal likes to raid the Mountain West for his assistants for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. There's also a crazy name like Sammy Parker, former Oregon legend. But I'll, I think the position is too big for him right now. I think he needs to coach at a smaller Division One program before coming up. <laughs> yeah. As much as we love him as an Oregon legend. Also, my favorite candidate is uh, Daryl Wyatt from Central Florida. How come? Yeah. And he's really affordable. Okay. And uh, he, yeah, he's a, he's a recruiter. He's a really good recruiter. So, which Boo Knight wasn't. Another interesting name is uh, Junior Adams, the Washington receivers coach. It'd be really funny if they if he jumps ship to a rival. There are a couple of names that are that are like not happening no matter how much money is on the table. The first name that pops off my head is Brian Hartline from Ohio State. It's not happening. Wow. Unless you give him offensive coordinator duties and a million dollars, it's not going to happen. His heartline is Ohio State alum, and he's one of the best receiver coaches in the country. And he's in talks for – he should be a head coach pretty soon if he wants that kind of job. So, yeah. 
And reportedly, my next guy is uh, on the impossible list is Brian McClendon from South Carolina. He is a receivers coach, but he makes a million dollars. So he was the former offensive coordinator for South Carolina before getting demoted. So I don't think Oregon will pay a million dollars plus for a receivers coach. I don't think. During my research for this article, you'll never guess where Bush Hamden ended up. Where did Bush Hamden end up? In Missouri. Wow. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a much better fit as a receivers coach, I think instead of offensive coordinator. I'm not going to talk bad about him since he helped Oregon to be when he, he helped Oregon to be undefeated in the Cristobal era against Washington. So I'm not going to say anything bad. <laughs> Yep. So, do you have any other Ducks news? Um, I do not. Oh, yeah, the WNBA draft is coming up soon, so we'll see a couple of Ducks drafted in the top ten, hopefully. hopefully. I've seen them in the top five. Three yeah. Ducks in the top five. Yeah. It all depends on what order they go in. Yeah. It's a shame that uh that the women couldn't finish their season. So I think they should go to a remote hangar somewhere or aircraft carrier off off the coast and play a final four there and determine the title. Yeah, yeah. there's there's been a lot of yeah. a lot of talk and conjecture about ifs and maybes, but I think given the current climate they're taking, yeah, the social distancing will on on the serious side and as as fun as it would be, um, just to see yeah. that happen. Just the final four and like, to or just the Oregon and South Carolina since South Carolina has been chirping a lot lately on media. Yeah. And uh, it'd be nice to have some finality to the season. Unfortunately, yeah, the men didn't get to finish their tournament as well. So, where did you have them going? How far did you have them? The men? Yeah. I'd have them going as far as the probably the Sweet 16. Yeah, I had them as either, depending on, on how their matchups went, uh, either uh, Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Yeah, this team is so is so off the wall that uh, it's either first round out or six feet sixteen. <laughs> so we have a couple of questions from the Tick to the Quack and elsewhere. So quacks and answers. Yeah, quacks and answers. Woo! Yeah. Uh, from our favorite commenter on Addicted Quack, we have uh, we have our first question, Bill Musgrave. Uh, hopefully he's doing well. Uh, he asks, is the NFL mock draft going better or worse on Yahoo? <laughs> That's a funny question. If you if you guys are out of the loop and weren't on Addicted Quack the past couple of days. There was a proposed seven-round mock draft, live draft on Executive Quack that unfortunately got shot down by the commenters. So it's going to be held elsewhere on the SB Nation network. So keep an eye out on that as well. 
So I'm not going to comment any further because I don't want to piss off anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Okay, should have been a duck ass. If you were going to buy a respirator, what type would you buy? Anyone that works, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of conjecture going back and forth on whether or not they work, what yeah. the, uh, the the problem is. Um, uh, and, you know, I would like, yeah, I'd like to get anyone that like is up off of your face. Yeah. Because I, I think that um, due, to the, due to the nature of the virus um, and the, the transmission, um, if your mask is touching your face, it's not really going to do as much as if it's away from your face to keep all of the the, the moisture and the, the the water droplets away from your face. Um, say like the the painters' masks or the the uh, the respirators, the ones that the uh, like asbestos abatement people wear. Like those are probably your best ones. Um, if it's just like the hospital masks, um, those are, those are less effective. Um, yeah, but you know, it's better than nothing, but it's also not, it's also proven to not be very effective. So I don't know, take a pick. I don't, I don't particularly wear a mask when I go out in public personally, but um, yeah, I would, if I were to wear a mask, it'd be one of the, the, uh, the muffler looking white painter's mask. Yeah, pretty soon we'll be all wearing hazmat suits outside. And hopefully... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully it ends soon. Saint uh, Saint Quack asks, "When will all this shit end?" I don't know. Hopefully soon. <laughs> That's all I can say. Is hopefully soon. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I I also went to another site uh, to ask questions. Uh, Mu Music City Miracles, the Titans Espionation website, oh. which I used to write for. And there's a couple of questions on, or actually a couple of questions on there. Uh, Hawks by a Million asks, "What's the name of your pod?" Well, it's called the Quackback Quack Show, Hawks a Million. Please give us a rate and our website on the various podcast websites out there. Okay, another question is uh, Euler fan thirty four asks, "How do you how how about who do you really feel our Titans are looking at their as their first pick?" That's a good question. I don't know. Probably a cornerback or an edge rusher. If the Titans don't get don't, don't get Jadavian Clowney as their free agent, um, that's going to be really interesting based on their thirty visit thirty visits. If you guys don't know what 30 visits are, the NFL teams are allowed 30 visits from prospects that are out of their area. So, so let's say let's say, let's take the Titans for, or the Falcon Atlanta Falcons for instance. They can invite they can invite all of Georgia teams, all of Georgia Tech teams, all of Georgia State teams, because they are considered local. So. <laughs> Basically, within the same state as the franchise is considered a uh, non-30 visit. They can have an unlimited amount of those, but out-of-state prospects, they have only 30. So my first pick for the Titans, probably, probably Jeff Gladney, the cornerback from TCU. Because hmm. uh, the Titans cornerback room is look, looking a little thin right now. Actually, on my last mock draft, I had Tennessee taking Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle. Um, uh, because there's there's a lot of different directions they can go in with the 29th pick. Yeah, I have them uh, uh, needing offensive line, 
and defensive line mainly. Mm-hmm. Like those are their their biggest team needs at this point. Uh, I would take um, I would take Joshua Uche, the edge rusher from Michigan. Yeah, I I have him right about end of the first round, beginning of yeah. the second. Um, or Justin Matabuke for the defensive tackle from Texas A&M. Yeah, they just yeah. traded. They just traded uh Jarrell Casey to the Denver Broncos. And Casey is one of the best defensive tackles, defensive ends in the NFL today that no one talks about. Yeah, so there's a lot of different directions they can go in. Yeah. And for their second round pick, I have them taking Anthony Jennings. Yeah. So that fills that hybrid edge rusher role pretty well. Yeah. And another question he asks is, what are the chances that we end up trading down to get another day two pick? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, it depends on who's there, really, because it takes two teams to tango. Trading down? Yeah. To get? Um, you know, I really don't see that. If anything, I would see them trading trading up. Yeah, because the Titans are already low on the second round anyway, so <laughs> I think they trade down in the third. If they don't have a fourth round pick, so they might trade down in the third to get a fourth round pick. And they might offload some picks actually because they have them rounders now. So many picks. Yeah. And uh, the, another question is what is the likelihood that the Titans end up signing Jadavian Clowney? I don't know. I think 50 50 at best. Well, um, as of about an hour ago, I saw it come across my wire that he's reduced his asking price. Yeah. Um, I would say the odds are pretty good. Um, you know, with his position being arguably the greatest need for Tennessee, I would say yeah. uh, they, they should definitely consider it. I would, I would consider something in the, in the 17 to $18 million range. Uh, on on a one year deal. Yeah, that's what he's asking. Yeah, he he was asking for twenty million, but no one's no one's going to pay him twenty million. Okay. Also, I asked questions on the Banner Society Slack chat, so let me pull up this questions. So. Great, love these. <laughs> yeah. If you're not aware, Banner Society has a Slack uh, pretty much every day, so please join. Let me pull them up here. Um, wow, lots of messages. Okay. Okay, let's see here. Um, Okay. Uh, the first question is Darren Christ- Darren Christensen asked, "What is your pot about?" Well, what is it about? That's oh, a little part. of this, little of that, mainly Ducks football, Pac-12 news. Yeah. And some insanity thrown in between. Lots of that. Yeah. Uh, Kai Eastwood asks, what is the square root of pi? Oh, no, I'm not a math person, so I can't tell you. It's one something. That's all I know. Next question. Yeah. (laughs) Drew asks, how do you square a circle? With a hammer. Yeah. Uh, Chris Barnwell asks, what do you put on a hot dog? Ooh. Um, I'm a little outside of the box on this one, and I'll probably get a lot of pushback on it. But I'll do, I'll do ketchup, 
pineapple chutney and crushed up potato chips. Yeah. I'm kind of old-fashioned myself, so I'll do ketchup and maybe maybe some onions if I feel if I feel dangerous. So I'm really old-fashioned about my hot dogs. So speaking of hot dogs, go to bannersociety.com and check out Alex Kirshner's hot dog article if you haven't already. He ranks all the places where you can get hot dogs. Yes, we are bored during <laughs> quarantine. Okay, Tony asks, uh, airport bar or hotel bar? Mm, airport bar. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that. There's more options, I think. Yeah, uh, Darren Christian uh, has another question. He, he asks, what... Who has the best high school football team in Alberta this decade? Uh, no, no. I have no idea either. Uh, I didn't know high school football was a thing in Alberta. I barely keep track of the CFL. Yeah. I'm not about to start keeping track of. Yeah. <laughs> high school, Canadian high schools. I think that's all the questions we have for today. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The Slack, the Slack questions are really funny. They're a really fun group. So, yeah. Let's see. Do we have any other news items we need to go over in this environment of, uh, yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't have any. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I don't either. So it's uh, a. <laughs> I hope everyone. Uh, I hope everyone stays stays safe and you know stays healthy and does all that all the all that stuff that they're required to do and. We we all need to get get through this together as a country and come out the other side better than ever before and and uh renew your uh, netflix subscriptions and hulu subscriptions <laughs> yeah or i know the whole country shares like two passwords at most <laughs> that's a joke i think <laughs> yeah. yeah not only the country but the world let's let's yeah. make this Let's come out on this better on the other end as a as a world. As yeah, a world. and uh, and uh, hopefully sports that comes back soon. Hopefully, and um, yeah, I know uh, there, some countries some countries are hit harder than most right now. Some particularly Italy. Yeah. Yeah, and China. So, Spain. Yeah. Yeah, I know they're already starting to. It could be bring back America some games, could, yeah. Yeah. Um, just without fans in some of the countries that are starting to begin their regression. Yeah. But yeah, it's America, been it could be a lot worse in America. Yeah. I'll just say. So yeah, uh, please give us a follow and review, and on your various podcast websites out there, and. Uh, you can follow me on it. I changed my name, by the way. Hmm. Uh, my Twitter name, my new Twitter name is Ducking to Yoon. And Tom, what's yours? Mine is still at underscore Duke Tom. Yeah. And please follow my work on Addicted to Quack. Uh, we have content coming out every day, pretty much. Yeah. Even because though we have nothing else better to do. Yeah. Even though it's a shutdown period. And please follow my work, draft work on Blitzalytics. All my big board work will be there, and a lot of draft stuff will be there. Great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, like we said earlier, please stay safe out there. Uh, stay safe out there. I can't speak today. No, stay safe in there. 
Yeah. And uh, don't go outside as much as possible. And um, yeah, if you if you do need to go outside, uh, please take all precautions, please. And please, please um, say a prayer for our first first responder people, particularly the the doctors and nurses who are battling this disease every day. And in particular, the hospital workers, like your janitors and custodians and cleaning people, because they are on the front lines as well. And uh, please pray for them too. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it for our show today. And um, so I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. And uh, go Ducks. Go Ducks.